long have I waited for my podcast partner to come to the studio. And now I'm sorry I'm here already. <laughs> Blurred up, folks. I'm Brendan, and this is Mel. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the show where we talk about nerd culture from a BPOV, a black POV. We thought we couldn't squeeze in another show before the new year, but we managed to see The Rise of Skywalker ahead of its South Korean release date. So we're going to review and discuss spoilers. Mm-hmm. We're going to also rank all 11 Star Wars films. Mm-hmm. Before we get into it, please subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Mixcloud, and more. Give us a review, even if it's a short one. It would really help us out in keeping our name at the top of the blurred podcast pile, as it were. We're also on Facebook at B-L-E-R-D-U-P, Instagram at B-L-E-R-D period U-P, and Twitter at B-L-E-R-D-U. We're starting to pick up more attention on Twitter. I even have a, a troll now. Oh, interesting. Haters mean you're doing something right. I guess. <laughs> We're also on Blurred.com, a lovely site full of nerdy content from a black cultural lens. I actually published an article there yesterday titled, Star Wars Failed Its POC Characters. It's also on Medium, if that's your preferred way to read. It's been pretty well received so far. Mm-hmm. And we'll explore a bit of that content in our spoiler review. Mm-hmm. But go check it out. Okay. Let's get to it. So we're going to first give a very brief summary of our overall thoughts, mm-hmm. because everyone's seen this by now. Well, everybody except for the people we know in Korea. But sure, okay. Yeah. Most of them, yeah. yeah. Most of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, we will do that. Yeah. Let's start with the good. You want to go first? I don't know that I could even really break this down into good, bad, okay, whatever. For me, it was fine. It wasn't It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. I really, okay, so here's the thing. I feel like Star Wars critiques are the best and worst thing about the nerd community because it's got the mythology and the, the ranking of Star Wars in everybody's mind is so big that everybody does these really meticulous critiques and we're never able as a community to step away and say it was okay it doesn't really it would, but it doesn't really deserve a lot of these really deep drawn critiques so mm-hmm. i have i tend to kind of step away from star wars critiques so this is actually really going to be a challenging podcast for me because 90% of it i'm just like I, it was fine it was fine that was how i felt watching the movie okay it wasn't as awful as i thought it would be listening to you talk about it but it wasn't good either it was just what it was it was mediocre it was entirely mediocre fair so the good i don't know (laughs) okay Uh, it's fine it's fine Mm -hmm. for me i think the good as you expect from a star wars movie the visuals and sound are great the sith planet exegol is especially striking ha ha (laughs) i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah no you're not keep going I think the acting, uh, particularly Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver, were good. Like, no one is bad in this movie, but the film really rests on their shoulders. Mm, True. Like, no matter the the plot choices that we weren't satisfied with, Mm. they they did their best to sell it. Right. The actors do do a good job with what they've got. Yeah. You can certainly see the conflict on their faces. Mm -hmm. There there are no spoilers about this space opera. You know the good guys are going to win. Of course. They're going to beat Thanos. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. uh, the ending with the friends reuniting to embrace each other, mm-hmm. 
that got to me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I will say this is the first of the new trilogy that I felt like there were actually relationships between the characters, with one glaring exception, which I'm sure we'll get to the spoilers. Uh, I felt like there were actually more believable relationships with the characters. I think I might have said on a previous show when we were talking about the Star Wars trailer that one of the problems with the characters in the new trilogy is that you don't, like, in the... In the first trilogy, the original trilogy and the prequels, you do feel like when they do those big time skips in between movies that there's been stuff happening in the interim that has changed the relationships between the characters. But you didn't really get that between these two most recent movies. And then with this one, you finally get that sense. Like you're like, okay, their friendship has changed. Their relationships have changed and that's okay. I mean, but even with the original trilogy, Mm -hmm. they just had more time together. Right. That's very true. Mm -hmm. are chilling and the Falcon mm-hmm. with Obi-Wan learning about the Force right. as well as mm-hmm. themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. There's so much of that. Um, when Han and mm-hmm. Leia get trapped in that that monster mm-hmm. as they were escaping the Empire and they had right. time to mm-hmm. talk, there's, there's, a, there's a lot more of that mm-hmm. than I really felt mm-hmm. in this new trilogy. Yeah, I, I believe you. But yeah, I to me, I really didn't feel connection. There was a little more in this movie, but I really mm-hmm. didn't feel that connection throughout this this trilogy, this movie, but just just on the strength of their acting and mm. that embrace yeah. was enough. Mm, mm-hmm. That's all the good I have. Okay. <laughs> like I said, it was fine. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, it was the Pikachu, Detective Pikachu of Star Wars movies. It wasn't awful, but, I mean, there's nothing here that was really, like I said, with one glaring exception, which I'm sure we'll get to in the spoilers, there was just nothing there to really make me want to delve like, delve deeply into it. I mean, there are okay. much better Star Wars properties to really think deeply and analyze. Sure. And this was not a high on the list. It was okay. just very middle of the road. Sure. I'm going to get to the bad real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie felt, to me, extremely rushed and disjointed from The Last Jedi. You probably already heard this a lot, but there mm-hmm. were a number of plot points that deserved more time. Mm-hmm. There were events that happened that feel unearned and there's little emotional payoff throughout. Mm-hmm. Like half of this movie is exposition. Mm-hmm. This movie was co-written by Chris Terrio, who wrote Batman vs. Superman, Man of Steel, and Justice League. They were all bad to mediocre films. Yeah, well... Yeah, I agree with with you most of the way. I think Man of Steel is better than people give it. I actually watched it again the other night. No, I not, think it's it's, not bad. it's better written than people give it credit for. Yep. It, the, what tanked Man of Steel actually, I think, is some of the performances and the visual look of it in a lot of ways. It made it way too dark for no reason. But yeah, if you had, if that had been in the hand of a different director and maybe with some different actors, I think it would have been different. But even so. That just brings up the point that I'm constantly making. It must be so great to be a C student and just do this well and get, like, these kinds of jobs. Right. I really wish that we—well, I mean, we're, we're getting there slowly, but, you know, I really wish that we had the ability to be that mediocre and still do billion-dollar blockbusters like this. I mean, come on. True. Who looked at him and said—and to be fair, well, there's a lot going into this, but ultimately— I think what I think your point about it being rushed is very true, but I also feel like in this movie, just watching it, it was very clear that J.J. Abrams was very much like the Last Jedi was not the middle of the trilogy you were looking for. Like he was kind of hand waving it for us. He wasn't really trying to. He really wasn't paying any attention to anything that happened in that movie. I got a better metaphor, mm-hmm. and I made a meme about it. You saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, I made a meme with Dave Chappelle's Rick James on Charlie Murphy's couch, mm-hmm. and. Rick James is J.J. Abrams in The Last Jedi is the Couch, and he's just like 
fuck your movie, nigga. Basically. Fuck your movie. I mean, but the thing, I, I get it, though, because The Last Jedi, because J.J. Abrams did the first one, right? And yep. then he did the last one. And for whatever reason, he didn't do the middle one. Mm-hmm. And because he didn't, I think he probably feels some type of way about it. Wasn't and is he, trying to bring his, his vision back. Didn't he go do that Star Trek movie, like the third he one? He did. He did. And he shouldn't have, but he did. <laughs> right. Yeah. So he did. And I don't know the whole story behind that, but... It was clearly a, but it's almost like the Last Jedi. He's trying to kind of retroactively push it out of the universe because it. Oh, there's a lot of ways, which I'm sure we'll get to, in which the Last Jedi could not have existed and this movie still could have happened. They should have added another inch to the text at the beginning and just pretended the Last Jedi didn't exist. I felt like that's what he was doing with this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's a problem, which we'll yeah, get to. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my friends and fan of the show. Nick Hart said it best when he, he messaged me. He said, There's, there was no roadmap on how to develop these stories. Absolutely rudderless. No mm-hmm. Kevin Feige, no Dave Filoni. These movies continue to remind me why the Clone Wars and Rebels are so superior because they take their time to tell their stories and establish characters. Well, they, they clearly have a story in mind. I mean, I've only watched a little bit of the Star Wars shows, but... You can tell that there's, you're right, he's he's right. There's no direction. There's no overarching story. There's no end game in mind for these. Yeah. And there never was. So you can't have nine movies and not know what the overarching story and theme is because they clearly didn't. Yeah. My last little quibble before we get to spoilers is I found the fights less imaginative or impressive mm. than other movies. Uh, Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley don't seem to be very physical actors compared to Hayden Christensen or Ewan McGregor and Ray Park. Very true. At least the directors aren't giving them much to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the fight on the ruins of the Death Star, that's in the trailer, mm-hmm. that's the one that's surrounded by water, was probably the best. It, it had the most emotional stakes mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. The ending fight was, in your words, fine, Yeah. but too brief. Yeah. Adam Driver did better than I thought he would. Yeah. Daisy Ridley was kind of phoning it in. Like, they, it's a good thing for her that we have really good effects, I think. But you do see a lot. There's a lot of fights in this where I'm like, really? Come on now. This isn't, that doesn't work. Like, you get, like, a really big person fighting a really small person um, or, like, in just ways that don't make physical sense and it's like you can only hand wave things away with the force so much and we're talking about a lot of hand waving yeah there were a lot of just fight scenes that didn't that were that didn't seem visually plausible but they were really doing their best to sell it to you i think whoever did the fight choreography and that particular part of the filmmaking kind of dropped the ball because they were trying to be magic with it (laughs) yeah well they are magic right yeah they are but you know we'll get to even magic has rules okay let me just close out before we get to this, the spoilers here. So for me, I know you say it was fine, but for me, as someone who has grown up with this stuff, who's you know read the books and bought games and watched all the shows, this is, to me, a sad end to end this trilogy mm-hmm. and a f- over 40-year-old story. It solidified to me that these new movies are uh, are collectively worse than the prequels in terms of vision. Mm -hmm. Like, I have more respect for the prequels now because of this movie. 
having so many cooks in the kitchen really hurt where this franchise could have gone. Mm-hmm. Some of the choices in this movie made some of the most important scenes and plot choices in previous films almost irrelevant. It also makes choices in its own movie irrelevant. Um, people cheered when J.J. Abrams returned, but seeing what Ryan Johnson set up in The Last Jedi, I I kind of wish he would have stayed and finished what he started. I don't. Okay. Last Jedi was awful. But, I mean, I think that they should have respected what he did more and, like, okay. actually created a through story that worked with what he did in the second movie. Yeah. I still think Last Jedi has problems. But mm-hmm. just like the prequels, I have more respect for it mm. compared to this movie. Hmm. Okay. I think, yeah, I get the respect thing. But still, just as far as pure watchability, mm-hmm. I think this movie was much more which is terrible to say because this movie was borderline unwatchable. I was bored to death, and that's unusual because it's Star Wars. I shouldn't be bored during a Star Wars movie. I've sat through so many Star Wars movies. Mm. I love Star Wars also, mm. but this movie was I was I had to really focus, mm-hmm. right? I it wasn't in, it wasn't necessarily very enjoyable as mm-hmm. far as watchability, but it was still more watchable for me than the Last Jedi. Okay, yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. I also want to know before we move on, apparently this movie has the worst critical reviews mm-hmm. since The Phantom Menace. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But again, Star Wars is the best and worst thing about the nerd universe. Mm. Very true. Before we get to spoilers, I want to just briefly go through box office numbers. Mm-hmm. The Force Awakens opening weekend was around $250 million. It's about $247 mm-hmm. million. And it ended... Worldwide with $2.06 billion. Mm-hmm. Very impressive. No one's ever going to catch up to that. The last Jedi, The Last Jedi's opening weekend was $220 million and it ended with $1.3 billion. Hmm. Half. Yeah, but still not bad. Oh, I mean, it didn't. It wasn't mm-hmm. a bomb by any means. No, mm-mm. it's not going to be. It's Star Wars. I mean, that's the thing. There's that safety net, that, that C student safety net. Well, this is where it gets interesting mm-hmm. because The Rise of Skywalker opened to $175 million domestically, mm-hmm. which is... Wait a minute. Say that again? $175 million domestically. What was its budget? Oh, I'm, I'm sure it was probably in the 250 range. You know how oh, those movies are. Yeah. This is not a bomb, though, because mm-hmm. obviously worldwide, I think it yeah. it was at like 450 by the by the weekend's right. mm-hmm. end. So, I mean, it's not going to be a bomb. It's going to make over right. a billion. It's going to hit a billion dollars. Right, but it's still... I think it's going to come out lower than the other two, possibly. Probably, but as, like as you said, we're, we're starting to see the cracks here. Mm-hmm. And I think it's wise for Disney to take a break, mm. focus on the shows, really develop their characters, and maybe come at this five or so years down the road with a real solid vision for where right. they're going to go. But, you know, here's the thing. Has Star Wars ever really been about that? Star Wars isn't like a Marvel or a DC where there's been like a cohesive attempt at solid unified world building ever. I mean, Star Wars has always been kind of amorphous in that way. We were talking about this a little bit the other day um, where, you know, it kind of was a free-for-all for a long time where people were writing novels that, you know, there's this whole can- what's canon, what's not canon. There were graphic novels. There were all of these things that, People were contributing to the Star Wars universe. Um, but I don't know. I think that's part of the beauty of it. But at the same time, maybe it is time to just let Star Wars just turn it loose and let everybody contribute things to it. Because you're, I don't think you're ever going to be able to get a cohesive vision out of it at this point. 
I don't, I don't know. I mm-hmm. think the fact that Disney has bought it while that free for all was still kind of happening. Mm-hmm. I think now that they've realized that critically mm-hmm. and perhaps seeing this drop with Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. even financially, this is not sustainable. So taking right. that break to kind of regroup because they're releasing comic books as well. They're mm-hmm. releasing novels as well exactly. under their brand. Yeah. Now they're I mean, they are letting other people do this, mm-hmm. but maybe it's time for them to take a break, mm-hmm. really get some oversight over everything and maybe. really write the ship. So, I mean, I don't maybe. know. Yeah, I mean, I don't maybe. Know what's happen. But I think just, I don't know. I guess I just feel like the Star Wars universe has always been very uh, open. I mean, it is an entire universe. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were whole books that were just short stories about a character you saw once in a bar mm-hmm. in Moss Eisley, you know, for example. But and I, I don't know. Maybe it's time to let it be really a universe in that sense, and just let it expand indefinitely with a lot of di- in a lot of different ways, and stop focusing on movies. Because I don't know how you go forward from here without them being a letdown to some extent. Also, because I think that these this last trilogy has played so heavily off of people's nostalgia for the original trilogy mm-hmm. and people's desire for something better after the prequels, that I don't that that I feel like generationally. The shift is going to be so huge that people will be on to something very unlike Star Wars by the time they actually sort all of this out. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a very good point. I mean, again, maybe the TV shows are the way to go. Maybe, yeah. For now. I mean, just let people discover new things within the universe, perhaps. Yeah. I feel like that would be the most creative way to go forward. Sure. But I don't know. Anyway. So like I said, like I said, this movie is on pace to hit a, hit a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. It will become Disney's seventh billion-dollar movie this year. Uh, you know I'm going to ask because I don't know these things. What are the other six? You can guess. Well, because Disney owns everything. That's the problem. You can like, guess. Yeah. Okay. Endgame, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, oh, Frozen 2, probably. Yes. Um, what else has been out that's under the Disney Aegis now? Oh, Lion King. Yes. Ah, boo. Right. Uh, Spider-Man. Yes. Far From Home. That's four. I'm just trying to think because Disney owns everything. Like I could literally say anything that it. was famous it. and it would be under that that particular. What else is? Oh, Toy Story. Well, no, Toy Story is Pixar, isn't it? It's not Disney. They don't own that yet. Thank God. The overlords have not taken over everything. Um, hmm. What are the other two? What are the other two? What else has come out this year? If I tell you, you're going you're gonna to get upset. I'm not going to get upset because I really don't know. So tell me. Captain Marvel. I, I forgot about that, actually. And Aladdin. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that, too. I was thinking Aladdin, but for some reason in my head, Aladdin came out last year. I'm already in 2020. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, out of those se- out of these seven movies, there's only one that I really loved and want to watch again. Right. That's interesting. See, this is the problem when you have evil overlords. Everything becomes kind of mushy. You've got to appeal to too many people. I True. think that there's definitely a beauty in being niche True. and letting niches develop. Anyway. Let's get to the spoilers. Yes. Again, I'm sure everyone's has seen this film, and if you haven't, come listen go. to it later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. Let's go just beat by beat, and oh we gotta talk. Okay. We gotta get into it. Yeah. Let's you're right. talk yeah. about Palpatine, though. I guess yeah. out the gate, Palpatine is in the opening title card without really any context. He's yeah. just sending Trump tweets out to yeah, everyone. Basically, I'm, yeah. I'm here. Exactly. Um, yeah. Kylo just shows up at yeah. dude's crib. Yeah. Palpatine just starts talking without any explanation. Yeah. No, why would anybody know who he is at this point? 
I mean, Kylo knows. I mean, he's 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 been worshiping That's Vader That's forever. True, but everybody else, uh, there is a point later where somebody says, "Yeah, these guys sound crazy. They sound like weird druids and whatnot in the in the universe woods." But yeah, that was just what is he doing here? Why are we acting like this isn't a big deal? Yeah, I just love you know. He's just like, "How are you alive?" He's like, "The dark side is a path to many abilities. Some considered to be." Yeah. Unnatural. It's like the movie is almost trying to do a Jedi mind trick on us. Like, yeah. you, you, totally. don't, you don't need to worry about this. Exactly. And then later, Mary the Hobbit has that one that one line. Right. He's a clone. Like maybe. Okay, but hold on. I'm, I'm sure he's not a clone because who clones themselves and comes back as a wrinkly and decrepit old man? Right. Like really, you just cloned yourself seventy nine thousand years old? Right. Now we know why Snoke was such a mystery. He was made by the Emperor, but also what the hell does that mean? Yeah, right, exactly. And why was he important if he was made? Why would you go to all the trouble of making a different guy to be your stalking horse when you are a Palpatine? Just be Palpatine. Or just make a clone yourself. If Kylo's so powerful, just clone more Kylo's. They're young and mm-hmm. younger. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's just... <sighs> and if Palpatine had these kind of four strings on Snoke as a puppet... Mm-hmm. Why couldn't Luke, Leia, or Yoda detect not them and snip that? them? Yeah, exactly. And also, let's be real. Basically, this set up the movie to be mediocre from the jump because yes. this is a completely toothless villain. Oh, it's Palpatine. I guess he's going to get thrown over a bridge again. Like, we really don't know anything. We, he's we do- going to use yeah. lightning again mm-hmm. to like, exactly. fuck himself up. Exactly. We don't know anything about him, but at the same time, we know everything about him. Right. That's the worst villain development in the universe. True. Literally. Palpatine was hidden from the Jedi Council because he didn't use his powers around them. In contrast to this movie, apparently he's using his stuff across light years Mm -hmm. and no one's picking this up Uh, but there aren't really any jet i don't know there aren't really any jedi i mean there's ways to to justify that Eh. but who cares that's the problem right Mm -hmm. this movie says who cares yeah well yeah because which is why i'm very much like it was fine (laughs) there was a lot of this movie that was said and Mm -hmm. we were just asked to accept it and Mm -hmm. one or two things maybe but there was a lot and we'll get into that Mm -hmm. more so let's cut to to ray levitating the rocks like she's in avatar mode against mm-hmm. Fire Lord Ozai. Yeah, and Leia somehow training her because Leia totally knows. What? This is my first strike against the feminist narrative of this movie and the betrayal of Rey. Mm-hmm. I've never seen any other male Jedi do what she has done in such a short amount of time. Luke wasn't anywhere near this powerful before he confronted Vader, mm-hmm. but Rey's all like, I have to earn his lightsaber. Are people saying that this is a feminist narrative? Because if it is, there's a lot of flaws with that. Because Rey is completely a Mary Sue. She's a very uninteresting character. She just sort of hangs around and does tricks. We're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go down the list. But are people actually saying that it's a feminist narrative? I'm really shocked if that, if that's the case. <sighs> wow. Okay. I, yeah. Like I said, I kind of, I see Star Wars and I just sort of smell armpits and step away on the internet. I do. I just, there's just not anything interesting in anybody's critique. It's so hard to find good stuff, which is why I'm like, I'm really working hard to make sure that we're being interesting here. Let's, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, again, Ray is better than Luke, but she has to earn his stuff. The man who failed his greatest pupil and helped start the problems in this trilogy, like shouldn't the goal of a Jedi to to make her own lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Um, the visual dictionary says that she learned how to rebuild mm. Anakin's lightsaber through the Jedi text. But wouldn't it have been nice to learn that in the movie, along with maybe her 
learning how to heal things for reasons. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, or, and as you, you know, said, maybe she could use the force to develop a personality. <laughs> she's complete. Well, I mean, what does she do? She's she's interesting, but there everything about her. See, this is why I'm really annoyed if this is meant to be a ferret feminist narrative. It's the same problem as Captain Marvel. Everything about her is told to us by somebody else or is connected to somebody else. That's not OK. Abs, I completely agree mm-hmm. with you. And yeah, the, the Leia being her master that's not a big deal for me. I mean, it would have been nice to have learned more about Leia's training and, and abilities. Yeah. But because Luke's gone, mm-hmm. I mean, Leia has something. She could she could give some sort of advice. Uh, I, that's not a big deal for me. Yeah, or again, characters should have flaws. If Leia's going to be Ray's trainer, she needs to not know what she's doing, and we need to see that. Or she needs to be figuring out as she goes along, and we need to see that. But instead, we have her doing this Gaia the Earth Mother thing with her extremely Photoshopped, lens-flared face, like... Just the force. The force is what we're doing. The force is everything. Like, how do you know this? Yeah. Again, magic is magic, but magic has rules. I want to go on to Pasana, which is that kind of Middle Eastern planet that that, that uh, mm-hmm. they met Lando on. Yeah, those people were cute, though. Yeah, that was one of my favorite parts of the mm-hmm. movie. And for me, the funniest moment was when 3PO was explaining the culture and mm-hmm. everyone just stops and starts looking, looking at, him. at him. Yeah, exactly. And then, then he turns to mm-hmm. look, see what they're looking at. Yeah. I, <laughs> that you part know, was funny to me. I have to be honest. There are times when I really relate to C-3PO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was cool to me. Those people were cute. Mm-hmm. I liked them actually trying to do some world building with culture. Mm-hmm. It's not just like mm-hmm. every planet's like a shithole like yeah. most Eisley or Tatooine with, with randomly British people living yeah, there yeah of course um, yeah and you know that whole situation on Pasana. the one thing I liked about that also is that that's where you where I started to think okay so I get that there's relationships between these people now there's been stuff going on behind the scenes so now they all know that C-3PO is annoying where before they don't even really interact with him like right. we kind of start to there's more relationship building there's more evidence of relationship building yeah. uh, by the time we get there. And I, I quite like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lando. I like Lando. I told everyone in, in the was it the previous show that I mm-hmm. think Lando is probably the second coolest uh, black fictional character on mm-hmm. in fiction, uh, on, on screen at least. Yeah. But if they're tracking a Sith assassin, why is this old man there? Yeah, he just sort of piped in and was like, hello, hello, hello. Give Leia my love. Like, what? what does, does anybody know you're still alive? Right. Like, are we supposed to be surprised to see you? Are they supposed to be surprised to see you? What's right. going on here? What Chewie's just like, oh, it's you again. Like, what? Right. Like, wait, wait a minute. Like, dude's not even like, where's Han? Oh, he didn't even ask about yeah, Han. That's a good Han. point. Does he know Han's dead? Wow. Like, I forgot all I about was very, that. Yeah, I was very much like, so wait, wait, hold on. At least, at least Luke asked about mm-hmm. it in the last movie. How do you turn the black man who's not a Jedi or have any force sensitivity into the magical Negro? He just shows up to be like, look at me. Look at this. And then he disappears in a puff of smoke, like leaving the scent of uh, Colt 45 and cools behind. Like, what? <laughs> what? I was very confused. <laughs> True. Oh, the Han thing. I didn't even catch that. Mm-hmm. Great, great catch. I mean, that was his best friend. Yeah. I mean, just this old man being there. Like, doesn't the Resistance have special forces for this? Mm-hmm. Hey, guys. And does he even know that Luke's dead? Does he know anything? Like, he, there's no, he doesn't say or do anything. Again, this is bad writing because they're resting on their laurels the same way they do with Palpatine. We know everything about, uh, we know everything about, 
Lando, but we also know nothing about Lando. Our whole response to Lando being in this is based on his presence in previous movies. I could imagine being a kid and watching this movie as my first Star Wars movie ever and being like, why is he important? Yeah. Like, there's no reason for him to be there. There's no... There's no evidence of his connection to the previous movies. There's no evidence of his connection to the current story. Um, but he's just, he's the bagger Vance of Star Wars for no reason. Like, what's he doing there? Did you think Tree was dead when uh, Ray blasted that ship? No. Only because everybody was being way too hysterical about it. And then the next scene was like, let's fly. Like, what? Wait. There's no, like, memorial? Like, right. you're not going to memorialize him. He must be alive somewhere. I don't know how. Okay, that whole scene, though, that was so hysterical and over the top. John Boyega. Oh, and he did that. No. He just started, like, shrieking all of a sudden. No. Just, like, he he got way over the top with it. And yeah. I just, everybody was just screeching at the top of their lungs. And I was like, this is... You guys are working real hard to make this script, to sell this script to me, but just from the way you're acting and the fact that the next scene has no emotional resonance at all. Poe to give a fuck. Yeah, exactly. He was, he like, was like, yeah. Niggas get shot every day, V. And basically, he was like, I don't got to run the vacuum no more. <laughs> I mean, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, when, it happened, when it happened, I was a bit numb. I was mm-hmm. like, wow, this is really sudden. And mm-hmm. then... I thought it was kind of funny when they put their hands in for Chewie. It reminded me of Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy. Okay. It was like, okay, we're, we're all standing. Mm-hmm. And Chewie's just in the background eating chips. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> then, of course, there was another transport. I mean, just how lazy is so lazy. this writing? Yeah, because I, I did get mad for a second. Like, they're just going to kill Chewie like that. Right. Right? Like the, like, the only remaining OG from the original trilogy, he just blows up out of nowhere. Like, first of all, how'd they kidnap... It's like that Key and Peele sketch where they're being auctioned off as slaves and they see this really big dude and they're like, how'd they catch him? That's what I was like. How'd they catch <laughs> Chewie? Like, Poe and Chewie standing together and they take Chewie? I mean, they have, they have blasters. I don't know. They're I like... guess, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think Ray should have really hurt or killed someone. I mean, give us some real depth, you mm-hmm. know? And, you know, if she's that sensitive in the Force and Finn is also growing in that way too and, and could feel her death... Mm-hmm. Why couldn't they feel it for him and not feel him not dead or on the other ship? Like, Mm -hmm. it just, again, just lazy writing. Right. And what I didn't catch also is how do they know he wasn't dead later? Because they never really explain that. They're just like, let's go get Chewie. And I'm like, how did you know he's not dead? I missed that. I must have been like, I must have gotten bored and started scrolling on my phone or something and missed it and didn't run it back. You know what? I forget too. Yeah. Um, I but I I almost I know they said something about it. Okay, but good. I I don't remember what yeah. what happened. Because I mean, the next time you see Chewie, he's being imprisoned, and then the next time you see him, he's being rescued. And I I don't remember where they established that they're going. That they know he's there and they're going to rescue him. Which brings up another criticism. This is a mighty small universe. Like everything is five minutes away from everything else, and people just coincidentally are like in the same neighborhood all the time. Yeah. Like magically this thing is on Endor. Just really this is a galaxy we're talking about here. This is a whole entire galaxy. Galaxies are large and have many planets, but we seem to kind of go to the same five places and everybody seems to sort of only know those same five places. And even not. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean I don't want to get into the magic of light speed and mm-hmm. how really it should take longer time to get to places, but mm-hmm. it does let's just let's I mean, on. that I can hand wave just yeah. fine cuz I mean the force okay, magic 
is magic and has rules, but one of the rules could be okay. We it enables extremely fast time travel, like Dune or something, uh, space travel, like Dune or something. But they're not using the Force; they're just using science and uh, yeah. But I'd still be able to. I mean, the, what in Star Wars is really science, honestly? No, but yeah. if you're gonna use, <laughs> but if you're gonna, there's a difference mm-hmm. between saying here's the Force mm-hmm. and saying this is light speed, right? And we know what that constant is. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, that's okay. that's mm-hmm. firmly positioned. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my okay. thing. Okay, but. Even so, hand-waving the light speed thing for a second, it's still a galaxy, right? But everybody is in the same neighborhood. No, like, right. everybody's on the same block, right? And like, we're going to get yeah. to something crazy about that Yeah, a Like, they're all, too. like, running into each other at the convenience store on a Saturday night. Like, hey, General Hux, hate you too. Bye. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I want to get to um, how they enter the starter shirt hangar to save Chewie. Mm-hmm. Are there no cameras when they just start shooting up the place? I thought that too. Like, there's no CCTV in the whole known galaxy. I really had to, like, stop and think it through. Like, is there a reason that they don't have cameras? Because they made it a point to shoot cameras later on the ship. That's what got me. Because at first I was like, okay, so maybe it's because this is, like, the 1970s version of the future and there's still, like, CCTV wasn't a thing then, so they haven't gone back and retrofitted it in, and that makes a lot of sense. But wait, no, there's cameras now. What? Well, let's. I want to go back to A New Hope because Hot mm-hmm. when... when Han and Luke got uh, taken aboard mm-hmm. the the Star Destroyer. Mm-hmm. They tricked the stormtroopers into boarding the Falcon so mm-hmm. they can jump them and take their uniforms so mm-hmm. they could be undetected. Right. Um, but in this film, they had actual access to get into the Star Destroyer mm-hmm. compared to Han and Luke mm-hmm. getting captured by the tractor beam. Mm-hmm. You had kind of the advantage on them. Mm-hmm. You could have lured them on the ship and done what you did, but mm-hmm. you, you chose not to. Yeah. And then you just started shooting up the place. And again, mm-hmm. three folks shooting in an open hangar yeah. against surrounded by stormtroopers. Again, mm-hmm. how does that work? I mean, but we know whatever. they can't shoot, but I just yeah. found that crazy. You're in a like there's no way you could miss. Right. Or, and there's and there's several mm-hmm. of you. And these dudes, I mean the stormtroopers are wearing body armor. Chewie just walking around in his carpet like Right. Just shoot me. Like really <laughs> true. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so that yeah, that was just again just weird, lazy writing. And then mm-hmm. Poe gets shot in the arm. Yeah. And that never becomes a thing and later. Who cares? I always wondered: Do the blasters in Star Wars have like settings like the blasters in Star Trek? Because they, you can see like burning red holes in people when they get shot, but then the next scene they're walking around like no big deal. The back tank. I guess. Yeah. Back to it's powerful. I suppose. Yeah. Um, you know, still still on, on that scene, if Kylo was so good at finding Ray, why didn't he know that she was on his ship? Yeah, that was weird. Like he knew everything about her except that. Side note, how can Kylo still force time Ray if she cut him out in the last movie? Yeah, that was strange too. Now I will say visually that seems very interesting. And I am looking forward to seeing this in a proper theater. Because I did, there were things I saw in this one. I'm like, I'd like to see that on like a big screen, like 3D with like mm-hmm. big sound and everything. But and I thought that that scene looked really interesting, the way that they they did the interplay of them being in two different places. But magic is magic, but magic has rules, and the rules didn't make any sense in this part. Not at all. It just looked nice. Yeah, the whole the berries from Kijimi spilled out. Mm-hmm. On the Death Star, mm-hmm. like why? Like, do, do do they create some kind of force bubble that opens wormholes? Yeah. Or um, Kylo took the mm-hmm. necklace from Ray on that Pasana mm-hmm. planet, mm-hmm. but it's like it's like another Jedi mind trick. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's cool. Don't worry about it. it. It just looks cool. Yeah, which I mean, it does. And the thing is, there are, it's just lazy writing because they could have set that up and made it much more impactful than just a cool looking thing. Because there are, I guess, 
again, precedence. You could, if they had gone to the, if they had gone to the trouble of developing the story and developing the characters and setting up the developments in the magic system, you could, that totally could have worked. But the way that they did it, they just sort of sprung it on you visually without any explanation. And Star Wars, that's kind of Star Wars brand. I mean, they show you a lot of weird stuff. And then that's why people go and write entire books about one scene Mm. years later. But it doesn't work when it's this big of a set piece and has this much impact on the plot. Yes. And that's that's been the problem, honestly, since the beginning. Mm. I mean... I don't want to rehash and relitigate the old movies, but the fact that even Ray could fight and beat Kylo mm-hmm. Ren mm-hmm. in the very beginning of the for- or mm-hmm. at the end of Force Awakens mm-hmm. was is still silly to me. It's kind of lazy. I think people know that. Well, the the creators know that people love Star Wars a lot, and are go- we're going to read books and watch TV shows and read comics about it later. And then they're kind of resting on the fact that they can tell us these extra details and other properties, and the super fans will really get it. But that makes the the movies much less enjoyable. Yes, there have been a lot of powers and just levels that have been introduced in these latest mm-hmm. films that, compared to before, mm-hmm. it's been harder to digest. Right. Yeah. So the level up between the original trilogy and the prequels makes sense because in the prequels, this was when Jedi society was at its peak. Everybody should be way better at everything. Right. Right. But now you've got this, these, these postquels, <laughs> sequels. Sorry, I can't. I don't know what I'm talking about today. <laughs> I like postquels, but it's fine. We'll now take you've it. got these sequels. Where did I get postquels from? Now you've got these sequels. And they take place after a serious period of attrition where nobody knew what was going on, really. Everybody was trying to rediscover being Jedi. Everything had taken a turn towards technology, whatever that means in the Star Wars universe. And all of a sudden, you've got people displaying power levels and abilities like the ones in the past without actually having any access to any information, apparently. Although that is the one thing that having Palpatine in this movie could explain away, but they didn't bother to do that because Palpatine was uh, was around in the old days. They didn't bother to do that. They just sort of said, and now we have teleporting FaceTime. FaceTime, whatever it is. I think it's mm-hmm. incon- that's even that is inconsistent because mm-hmm. Luke had the Jedi text. Mm-hmm. He was training students. True. I mean, and what happened to Kylo? Oh, yeah. Kylo mm-hmm. was essentially trained since birth. Mm-hmm. Since birth, mm-hmm. and then he got trained by Snoke. If he is Palpatine, mm-hmm. Palpatine was a great um, mm-hmm. lightsaber duelist. Right. The way that Kylo's always been dueling in this mm-hmm. trilogy has been really sloppy. Yeah. And just well, it's because Adam Driver is a gigantic human being, and he's oh, going. To, he? He's going to look awkward no matter what it is. I don't, he does. I, don't, I don't know how big he was, but it, you really do see it in a lot of the duels in this. But I think partially because he's always up against Daisy Ridley, who's a tiny, tiny woman. But he, it just looks ridiculous. It's like watching a grasshopper fight with a sword. <laughs> he does a good job with it. I mean, he's a very good actor, and he does sell you the character through his motions because you do kind of get the idea that you know Kylo is this basically a whiny space and cell but I think I think that the old trilogy did a better job even or the original trilogy did a mm-hmm. better job even though they weren't particularly as proficient mm-hmm. like you know Mark Hamill wasn't that physical either yeah but I mean he, he got better mm-hmm. over time but there was more emotion mm-hmm. in the fights that kind of sold it better and mm-hmm. I know and as you said because mm-hmm. Adam Driver is such a good actor he mm-hmm. sells it mm-hmm. but from a story standpoint like this is the only guy who's been trained since birth 
in this. Yeah, this is true. And he should be just so much better. And the fact that true. he got beat by Ray in the beginning, like in yeah, Force and Awakens. She, th- she just found out what a lightsaber was yesterday. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, she just learned Jedi mind trick right there. She learned mm-hmm. how, how to call a lightsaber to mm-hmm. her. And it was just, as I said, I don't want to, because we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, she's very Mary Sue, and that's the I problem. I really mm-hmm. just, they introduced powers too fast and too frequently in this mm-hmm. film. Um, and they wind up kind of being, you know, like you said, Jedi mind tricks. They they don't because they do that. They they don't have the impact. When you first see uh, a real st- uh, lightsaber fight in the original trilogy, it's awesome because they introduce it gradually. And even though it literally is just like it looks like two little boys having a stick fight, it's still awesome because they've built it up and yes. they, it's really a part of the of the world and the universe. When you see Darth Maul. Uh, unleash that double lightsaber that he has in the first of the prequels. That's not as awesome, but it's still pretty awesome because it's a a huge level up. And because you suddenly see, oh, this is what the Jedi and the Sith are really supposed to be like. This is what they were like before everything was lost. In this one, we're kind of trying to split the difference between those two things, but they don't actually build anything up. It's, there's no learning curve. There's no, you don't really get to journey with your heroes. And that's the problem. I completely agree. Anyway, sorry. Moving on. Speaking of heroes, Mm -hmm. Finn, why was he so secretive about his force sensitivity with Poe, who is his best friend at this point? Mm -hmm. Side note on that. Did you read about Mm. uh, Oscar Isaac Isaac talking about how he was trying to get Disney to let them, uh, maybe him and Finn have a like a, a romance, but the Disney overlords wouldn't let them do it? They really, they really are just paying Rose Tico dust in every possible way, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to her. Yeah. But yeah, I just... I mean, I, that would be nice, but they didn't set any of that up, really. I, I didn't think. But they set up other romantic avenues for Finn that never went anywhere. He's just yeah. still chasing behind Daisy Ridley. Like, why? Kind of. I mean, yeah, and, kind and, of, and yeah. even that, that mm-hmm. just kind of vanished. Yeah, they kind of unicize him. It's not cool. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just found if if Poe's your best friend mm-hmm. and you and you really care about Ray as well, what why would you hide that from them like what was the right time to tell them any like it's not really and a... does he yeah and again it's like this is one of those places where they try to show the work that's been going on behind the scenes with these characters but they don't write it well enough for it to really have an impact and the fact that it was a recurring gag mm-hmm. and there was no payoff for that at all like he mm-hmm. never told them mm-hmm. and apparently J.J. Abrams confirmed that Indeed, what he wanted to tell them the whole time was that he was force sensitive, not like that he loved Ray. Because that's what I assumed the whole time. Mm. Like when they were in the cave, like, oh, I want to tell you something. Like, oh, well, what was it? Oh, uh, uh, nothing, nothing. Not, it's it's fine. I'm like, dude, no. Yeah. If like, you're this able is actually to, an important tactical ability here. Yes, if you're able to get training from Ray or Leia at this point, mm-hmm. why would you hide that? Just terrible writing he doesn't his character is really not very well formed at all he's been six different people over the course of three movies (laughs) so it's kind of make up your mind dude do do they have therapy in the galaxy in the few you know anyway oh i want to get to that a little bit later if we can Mm -hmm. uh about my article but um, Ah, okay how do you feel about hux revealing himself as the spy i mean i'm glad they finally gave donald gleason something to do but at the same time (laughs) It was very, it was like something out of a different movie. Like all of a sudden he's like, I'm the spy. Like, yes. mm, 
okay, what year is this? Is it 1960? Should have had a should have had a mustache. This is like something out of Casino Royale. I'm the spy. No, I'm the spy. And then I will say this: one of the few moments in this film that actually shocked me was when he just got blown away. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, yeah, we found the spy. The end. Yeah, that was, but that was just so pointless. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I I go back to the TV shows. Rebels mm-hmm. approached the idea of a traitor much, much better. Like Hux could have been the inside man during the rest of the movie, helping them out. Or he, or they could have bothered to set that up in the previous two movies because he's been around this whole time. And why would he suddenly be a spy? He was like in charge of. I mean, he's been like the head Nazi this whole time, and now he's a spy. Why? Why does he hate Kylo Ren that much? We never really get any of this character development. I mean, we've seen. Even from the first movie, because I watched the the first two, how he always kind of when he was talking to Snoke mm-hmm. alongside Kylo, and he would give him mm-hmm. give, give him advice, mm-hmm. and Snoke would be like, "All right, Huck, you got it." And then he would kind of like look over at Kylo, like, "Yeah, bitch, I'm still here." Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, but yeah, would you betray all you, this? Your soul? entire ideology. Yeah, I thought it was kind of weird. Yeah, but again, I think that's also because in the middle movie. Middles of trilogies are always my least favorite, and I think having them made by a completely different person who clearly wanted the story to end in a different way isn't helpful. No. They set J.J. Abrams set stuff up in the first movie, which clearly didn't get followed through in the second movie, and then he's trying to go back to those same threads and tell the same story he intended all along in the third movie, and it doesn't work because the middle's done something completely different. So it's like you've got... It's like, it's like trying to tell a story, and you like have to leave and somebody else tells it for you and then you come back after an hour and try and tell the story you originally had in mind. Uh, yeah, it just doesn't work. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, Jana. Who? I don't know her. Nobody knows her. Man, They're going to write a book about her. I I told you probably in the other podcast and, and on Instagram, I was just like kind of Finn. I was excited to mm-hmm. finally see this black woman in a movie with natural hair. Mm-hmm. And she started out great. Yeah. And then she faded into the background. Yeah. I mean, and what's crazy to me is she was another stormtrooper who committed mutiny. Yeah. All of them were. They, that's an amazing story. Yes. What did they do with that? And and she did it on a feeling. Mm-hmm. So is she force sensitive just like Finn? Right. Which means Not that explored. there's, a, which, I mean, this is potential for a really good book in the future because yes. apparently you've got a whole segment of the stormtroopers who are force sensitive which then leads them to become mutineers and that's a great story i kind of wish that had been the story all along to be honest but um yeah they don't really do anything with it they introduce this great concept and then at the end well we'll get there i'm sure keep going and that's you know folks are gonna you know say maybe i'm a, a sexist but the idea of a Stormtrooper who was taken as a child mm-hmm. and enslaved to be a fighter for the Empire, re- rebelling mm-hmm. and developing force powers mm-hmm. to defeat his former captors would make for a much more interesting story than just Ray being a nobody. Right. I will say this, though. I kind of hate that that's the backstory of the Stormtroopers. I always have. Like that they're basically child slaves, child soldiers that have been... like it. It removes the teeth from the ideology of the the rebels versus the empire. Right, them just being kind of just yeah. The fact that they're basically brainwashed slaves, kind of like I didn't really love the fact, or a lot of them are clones as well. I I've always hated that. Okay, like I thought that. Here's the thing. It really briefly. Go ahead. I feel like it's lame and kind of a cop out to make evil 
not know it's evil. To make evil unwilling. Right? If you're going to have bad guys, they can't be bad guys because a big bad guy fooled them into thinking they that they're... They, they, I mean, it, if the people who are on the bad guy side don't have a personal investment in what they're doing, then it seems kind of unfair for the whole the good side who are all there by choice to be shooting them and beating them for nine movies now yeah mm-hmm. I, d- I never really liked that that retrofitting of where the stormtroopers come from I, actually i totally agree with that mm-hmm. and as you said the original trilogy they were just from what we could see just space nazis and yeah. it was easy to be like yeah mm-hmm. shoot them all mm-hmm. but then you get to the clone wars and they're just kind of just meat bags yeah and mm-hmm. And then if you watch the actual Clone Wars TV show, you mm-hmm. have even more sympathy mm-hmm. for them. So that retroactively you're like, well, are there still a lot of clones in episode four? Because I feel kind of bad now mm-hmm. about that. And then now we get to this new film where it's like, yeah, these are just kids who were who didn't know any better. Who were brainwashed, essentially. And y'all just happily gunning them down. Right, exactly. I mean, they're gunning you down, too, but the, they, they've never known anything better. I don't like... Amb- I don't like ambiguity of evil without ambiguity of good as well. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. And they introduce all this ambiguity of the of, of what they're clearly trying to to present as evil, without giving good, the good side. I guess uh, compatible ambiguity. Even though they try with Ray, I wanted and, to take your hand too. Rogue One was really the only yes movie where they kind of tried to explore yeah, that. which is why I really liked Rogue One actually. Totally. Anyway, sorry. No, you're good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we have a lot to, lot, we yeah, have we a lot to go Yeah, we need to keep going. Where are we? Okay, um, let's keep I want to get to Kylo and Ray's fight on the Death Star ruins. Um, I love that after she touched the, the Wayfinder and sees some of the dark side in her, mm-hmm. Kylo's like, you can't go back to her now. Like, I can't. And I'm like, nigga, y'all are not alike. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, the, their whole relationship. Again, bad writing. Bad writing. I feel like... Um, him and Snoke, the way they talk to her mm-hmm. is like they're just trying to, they're like these like entitled white men just trying to gaslight her. Like Palpatine too. Yeah, they straight mansplain the whole time. Mansplain, just gaslighting mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. oh, you are this, you're this, you can't do this. And mm-hmm. it's like. You're right, exactly. I mean, at that point, it's like, why would she even want to be a Jedi? <laughs> like, Or like, why would I join you? Like, you're mm-hmm. you're clearly crazy. Exactly. Like, why? Th- th- that's not as appealing a, a, as they think it is, I think. In my opening scene, I slaughtered innocent villagers, mm-hmm. but me and you are the same. Like, right, no, exactly. we are not the same. Like, I was killing, I literally, yeah, just, no, no. Their relationship made no sense to me at all. Like, why are they this friendly, really? <laughs> and I, I want to go uh, to Palpatine telling Kylo after that fight mm-hmm. that he must... You know what? Let me let me let me go back, and I want to say my favorite part of the movie, mm. which was Han and Kylo talking. Yeah, I always get really happy when I see Han. Yeah. He's to me, he was the heart of the original trilogy. Yeah, I love Han, and you know, both of them. I mean, Adam Driver is a great actor, mm-hmm. but you know, Harrison Ford came to act too. Yeah, he yeah, and, the, and I love that he didn't do anything flashy. I didn't think he'd come back, but I'm glad he did. That was nice, man. Yeah. Uh, when Adam Driver was kind of like fighting the wars to tell mm-hmm. his father that he loved him, and mm-hmm. he was just like, "I know," right? Just like from Empire, exactly. I was just like, exactly. "Wow, that was." Have I told you my my Han story from the original trilogy? No, tell me. Okay, so when I was like seven, my mother sat me down and was like, "We're going to watch these movies. They are great." We sat and we watched all the original trilogy movies, and I was into it, man. But I knew that like if I had any kind of negative reaction, my mom wouldn't let me finish watching them. And at the end of Empire Strikes Back, when they froze Han and Carbonite, I was so horrified that I excused myself to go and like secretly throw up 
and come back because I was so hot. But I didn't want to like let my mom know how much it upset me because I wanted to watch the rest of the movie. Wow. I wanted to see what happened next. Oh, that's right? crazy. But I like went and like threw up and then I just came back like nothing had happened. Like, okay, I'm ready for the next movie. We got popcorn because I was, but I was horrified. He I had was that so scared. ugly look on his face. I was terrified. It was so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. Anyway. No, it's good. That's actually kind of a gross story in retrospect, but moving no, on. No, no, that's an interesting story. <laughs> yeah. I want to go to Palpatine telling Kylo that he must kill Rey before she becomes a Jedi. Is she not a Jedi? Sorry, I didn't mean to yell, but I did mean to yell. That was the stupidest thing. Like, kill her before she becomes a Jedi. Well, then what are you? Yeah, like, what's the criteria for being a Jedi now? And this is, again, another strike against this feminist shit. Like, in the first film... She bested Kylo Ren, something Luke was hardly close to in his first film, and Kylo is easily stronger than Darth Vader was. Mm. Um, In The Last Jedi, she confronted Kylo and Snoke on their own turf. In Return of the Jedi, Luke was challenged by Yoda to do the same thing with Emperor and Vader. Or he didn't even say go to to the Emperor. He said, just go to Vader. That's what Yoda said. You have to confront your Mm -hmm. your father Mm -hmm. or a Jedi you will not be or something like that. Mm -hmm. She went to both of those dudes. Mm-hmm. Like, is that not enough, even yeah. in the second film? Yeah, she doesn't seem to have... Gui- she doesn't have any guidance, really, because that wasn't what Luke did in his appearance in the, in the last film. And everybody is constantly talking down to her, and she's a Jedi, but she doesn't get to be because the men don't approve. This is kind of garbage. No, like, I, I was really annoyed with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Like, she, she's clearly a Jedi. And we haven't, because we haven't really had a lady Jedi before... This is just kind of a strike against the writing because it was clear that none of the men who've been running this series have any idea what to do with this character of Rey. They thought a girl Jedi would be cool. People will come and watch it. But they didn't actually put any thought into actually what that is. You haven't watched the Clone Wars a lot, but the way Mm -hmm. that Ahsoka Tano is used, Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. she's honestly my favorite character in that entire series. Mm -hmm. She's Mm -hmm. awesome. I really like her a lot. So if you have Mm -hmm. have, have the chance to watch it, I recommend it. Um, But yeah, you know, Rey, she bested multiple Imperial Guards who were trained to defeat Jedi. She levitated multiple boulders to save her friend at the end of that movie. Mm-hmm. And Luke's, for, uh, and the Empire Strikes Back. She thirst trapping Kylo Ren across the galaxy. I mean, come on now. In, in, in Empire Strikes Back, Luke couldn't even levitate the X-Wing. Mm-hmm. And yet she's doing that with like with no effort in, in the second movie. In the beginning of this movie, again, she's levitating those boulders like she's an avatar. Luke couldn't do any of these things when he beat Vader. Mm-hmm. She saves Kylo Ren physically and spiritually. Mm-hmm. Again, something Luke couldn't even do for his own father. Yeah. So it's like, again, what are the standards? Yeah, because she is, at this point, the Jedi. She's, frankly, she's kind of more powerful than Palpatine at this point. But at least in terms of dem- demonstratively. So what, yeah, ridiculous. I was really annoyed by that. Before this this bloodline drama, the Jedi trials of old weren't about confronting your family so this whole thing of like you can only become a jedi Mm -hmm. when you confront your dark family members Mm -hmm. is it's it's really silly now well this is an issue with star wars in general is that we have this whole mythos of the jedi but they don't do a very good job of defining that in the film what it actually means to be a jedi because it's very different in each trilogy true true again you really got to watch The Clone Wars and Rebels. You, yeah, I, I got to go back to it. I've watched one season. I need to watch the rest, So I think. great. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Rey being a Palpatine? What for? That's how I felt. Yeah. Like, okay, that's nice. But again, this is where it's very much like J.J. Abrams was like, no, all the time I wanted her to be a Palpatine. So I don't care about what, what what's his name, Ryan Johnson did. She's a Palpatine and I'm Talk going to make story, that. Exactly. I'm going to make that happen movie. now. 
Um, yeah, it didn't really add much to anything. It doesn't matter that she's a Palpatine, especially since at the end she's like, I'm Ray Skywalker. So this is the next strike against the feminist narrative, because despite my issues with The Last Jedi, her mm. not having special parents was not one of my problems. Yeah. Actually, it was one of the better things about the movie. To be I to- totally yeah. agree. Like no one asks about Yoda or Mace or Obi-Wan's parents. Mm-hmm. They're just great on their own. Exactly. The, the, and The Last Jedi presented Ray in that way. But all that was thrown out. Yeah. Like she's not strong by herself. Mm-hmm. Then she couldn't even defeat Palpatine by herself. Mm-hmm. She had to have all the other Jedi in her to accomplish the task. Which didn't make any sense at no. all. And that was one of those points where I was like, yeah, okay, so what's happening on Facebook? Like, I was right. just really seriously, that should have been exciting, but I was like, why? No, totally. Mm-hmm. She she just became a vessel by the yeah, end of the movie. exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, you know, like, what's her real arc as a character? Like, Ray told Finn on The Falcon, I think, that everyone thinks they know her, but she's afraid that no one does. And yeah, it's, it feels meta for the it movie. It really does, because it's true. They don't bother to give her a character. Character Heroes have journeys. Heroes have flaws. Her entire journey is encapsulated by uh, doing fancy things, progressively fancier things, with no idea of how she got to know them. And her fatal flaw is that maybe her family's not special. That's nothing, again, just like Captain Marvel, nothing about her is actually about her. It's all about other people's perceptions of her and other people's definitions of her. That, that says something, to me, that says something very disturbing about the way that young women are trained to think of ourselves if we think that that is feminist. Yes. Because that's to me, isn't feminist at all. And if, also it, it's disturbing to me because it reinforces exactly what these meathead dudes who are like, well, they put women in Star Wars and ruined it because now it's feminist. You really think that women think of ourselves in terms of what you think? Right. Are you kidding me? Right. Like, it's just, it, there's a lot of problems there. I'm really shocked to hear that it's a feminist. The, the stench of armpits wafting over this entire argument. No, thank you. The emperor fucks, though? I know who. I, I Like, st- looking like that? I said on, on Twitter that his, his Tinder name is uh, Champagne Palpy. <laughs> you used to call me on my force phone. Ew. <laughs> Ew. I'm just saying, like, they cloned him, and he cl- he cloned himself as a 99,000-year-old man. So he was, what, you know, 899,000 years old. when or Maybe he, had maybe he did it when and he was the, the senator at the time. That's not better. No, you're right. You're, you're totally <laughs> right. But, again, that's just more hand-waving. Like, who's, I guess, yeah. Um, I, <laughs> can, like, the emperor had a wife? Or, wait, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He's a Sith, and there's that whole rule of two thing, and the Jedis don't have wives or procreate, Anakin notwithstanding. So shouldn't the Emperor not have had... I don't That's know. interesting. I don't know if the Sith mm-hmm. have a rule about about mm-hmm. getting busy, though. I, 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 I can't. I can't call that one. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, that, that was... I, just thinking of it now. Why you got me thinking about this now? Moving on. Oh, my God. You know when that force line blinks? <clears throat> Okay. Anyway, I want to go to to Exegol now. And when Ray enters the building, it's like all these dudes are in the stadium. It's like, can can you imagine Palpatine getting his Sith Eternal, that's their names, into these stadium seats trying to surprise Ray like it's it's a birthday party? Like, everybody, everybody, shut up. She's coming. She's coming. Make a sound or I'll kill you. One (laughs) one of them, like, coughs, like, (coughs) and he, like, chokes him out. Lightning blasts him. Yeah, like, what's a normal day for them in those stadium seats? You know, a bigger question. Who are they? So, yes. So, again, too much hand-waving. Like, 
do we have to read everything important about this story in the visual dictionary companion book? Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently the Sith Eternal are just non-Force-sensitive goths who believe the Emperor is like the savior. Like so Non-Force-sensitive goths who believe... See, all of that, like, why are they there? So I'm, you're not Force-sensitive, but you're going to follow after a guy who is Force-sensitive, but also looks like rum raisin ice cream. And you really have no, like, they had no effect on the story. Like, just us just seeing the little people working on the Snoke tanks mm-hmm. in the beginning of the film was, could have been all we needed. Like, we literally did not need to see them, like, whatsoever. There was literally, you could have taken them out and yeah. it would have affected anything. Yeah, and I mean, I guess, you know, he, did, he didn't need evil mooks of some sort, but why those guys? And why don't we get some sort of, I mean, the stormtroopers, as much as I hate the explanation for them, they have one. These guys are just sort of dudes on a planet how does Palpatine even get to that point like you know how does how do you just show up right looking like Ivan Ooze and demand loyalty and fealty from a planet of people who have no idea what the force is and get it and it may have just just brought him from different places I mean they, missed, they again just God's like well man that that dude's that dude's rad let's go follow him I guess yeah but yeah I really hope Marvel takes lessons from Star Wars in regards to how they merge their media like, if they have a bunch of hand-waving in their face for movies like Star Wars, like, mm-hmm. it's going to be whack. Um, I'm worried about that because I've got so many new properties, so many shows, and then there's all this new stuff happening in the comics mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. And, yeah, they got to be really careful. But Marvel has a Kevin Feige. Star Wars does not. They have somebody who is kind of in that role, but I don't think she's doing a very good job. Oh, Kennedy, yeah. I think they're... They're kind of slowly kind of phasing her out. I think, mm-hmm. from what I heard, I thought Feige's going to become the new Star Wars oh, yeah. dude. Which, I mean, that could be interesting. Yeah. Um. Really quick, the Knights of Ren were wasted. We never got any information, but they just sort of showed up and looked cool and fought a little bit. Yeah. But then what? Everyone was excited about them. They were on the cover of Esquire and everything. Yeah, they were. Some, if not all of them, are former students of Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. They didn't do anything. Anything in this movie except for look cool. They surrounded Kylo, and we don't even know if they had the ability to kill him or not. Mm-hmm. But they're all force sensitive. He had no lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Like they could have, they they could have, should have killed him right there. Mm-hmm. They didn't even talk like you're a traitor or mm-hmm. they had nothing. Like there, there really could have been some emotion there. Even in Last Jedi, Phasma talked to Finn about being a traitor. Even. Kylo Ren yelled at Finn mm-hmm. when he had the lightsaber, like, traitor! Yeah. But the Knights of Ren didn't even do that to their own master. Like, yeah. there was nothing There's there. no humanity in them at all. And at again, all. you've got to give you've got to give evil nuances, and you've, if you're going to create ambiguity on one side, you've got to create it on all. Yes. You've gotta, there must be balance in the Force. Yeah. Ray kills Palpatine, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess. What is it about his death this time that makes it permanent? Because we all thought it was definitive last time. Like, can't Palpatine right. come back in other places? Mm-hmm. Can his spirit transfer to someone else? And if Palpatine... Yeah, why didn't he just jump into Kylo Ren like, uh, what's his name from Titans? Domino? Not Domino. Uh, Deathstroke. Have you seen Titans? No. Oh, okay, never mind. There's. Uh, I, I saw like one episode. Jericho, Jericho, that's him. Okay. Yeah, never mind. I won't spoil it for you, but never mind. Moving on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this whole like kind of Highlander idea of all the Sith spirits going into a new person every time they die or something. like Very much so. 
where did these rules come from? Like, why didn't Obi-Wan or Yoda talk about this to Luke? Mm-hmm. Or why didn't Luke even say this to, to Rey? Yeah. It, again, they leveled it up without actually bothering to set that up in any meaningful way. So yeah. it's cool, but so? Exactly. Side note, what's up with Palpatine always getting defeated when he uses lightning? Yeah, you'd think he'd stop. Yeah, like in Return of the Sith, Mace turned lightning back on him and deforms him mm-hmm. permanently. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe maybe that's why he can't clone himself better because his DNA is literally like this way now. Mm-hmm. You just, know, he's just a California raisin for life. Yeah. I mean, if Anakin hadn't shown up in that scene, like he would have been dead. Mm-hmm. He gets blindsided by Vader mm-hmm. and tossed into the reactor when he's using lightning. Mm-hmm. And then in this movie, he clearly sees that Ray is pushing this lightning back on him and he keeps going. Which you would think, being Palpatine, like the Sith Lord, the amazing lightsaber dueler, etc., 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 if you're going to bring him back and you're going to give everybody else phenomenal cosmic powers, they didn't really give him anything extra. No. He's just sort of, he's doing the same old tricks and everybody else has gotten way better in comparison. If you've literally sucked the life force mm-hmm. out of two of the strongest Jedi that we've ever seen... Mm-hmm. And you're giving a crazy lightning storm mm-hmm. to destroying a whole fleet of starships. Mm-hmm. Why would you just go back to just lightning here? Like she she froze both of them in the air. And that was even before he got their life force. Exactly. Like he could have easily just frozen her and just ripped her apart. Exactly. Without even touching her. Exactly. But instead he starts shooting lightning and then he keeps doing it. Like he like he doesn't know how to do anything. It was else. stupid. It was yeah. it was I mean, he was probably thinking like, oh, oh shit, the, the, the stadium. They mm-hmm. want to show. I guess, yeah. All right, y'all. It's like I promised them I'd shoot the lightning. All right, here we here go. Here we go. It's the encore. Oh, fuck. Ah, oh, oh, fuck. Nah. No. More hand-waving. Lando just going out into the galaxy to find more ships. Yeah, whose ships? But again, he's literally just the magical Negro he's the, of, the, of the universe. He kind of shows up in time with more ships. He's like, yeah. Ha-ha. <laughs> yeah. That, mm-hmm. yeah. That laugh. Yeah, exactly. Um, I get frustrated. You haven't watched Rebels, but for those out there who do watch Rebels, mm-hmm. the Ghost is a part of the Resistance, just like mm-hmm. they had that ship in Rogue One. And at this point, for Rogue One, it made some sense because it was a prequel to these movies. We don't know what happened to them. Mm-hmm. But if the Ghost is now in the future, mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense because in Rebels, there are new Jedi. Um, Ezra is a child Force-sensitive uh, person, and in the end of that series, he becomes a Jedi essentially. Mm-hmm. So, where was he the whole time? And the commander of that ship is one of the original creators of the Rebel Alliance. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's pretty much what Leia should be right now. Right. Interesting. And so the fact that she's not even in this, and yeah. we, I, we couldn't even see them or hear their voice, right. I was really so frustrated are they treating about the, that. Sorry, are they treating the shows like they're not canon then? No, they are canon. Okay. Which is weird then because you would think that they would take every opportunity to bring this stuff in. You're totally. Well, that's totally. interesting. Okay, I didn't realize. How do you feel about Raylo kissing? Ew. Like, I seriously hollered, no thank you, at the screen. Like, what, what was that for? There was no setup. First of all, the, I just in my head, I have it that they are somehow related. I know they're not, but they're like play cousins or something. And it's just no, gross. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, if Palpatine did create Anakin as mm-hmm. he kind of like kept mm-hmm. creepily looking at Anakin during mm-hmm. their their talk yeah. at the at the opera, right? Yeah. Um, and he had it, and he had a granddaughter. Mm-hmm. 
like aren't they like cousins in some way? Yeah, kind of. I it just but n- that besides that that just didn't work at why are they I'm speechless because I just couldn't understand why they would make that choice without any kind of setup. I mean, just because they can force time each other, blah, blah, blah. He's cruel and mean and gaslighty and mansplaining to her. She has no personality whatsoever. This is like literally a match made in hell. Why would they do this? I guess she's this empty vessel for everybody to tell her. I guess it's just Uh, she can just do whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. But... I was not impressed personally. What did you think? I was, uh, I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. I didn't really like it either. Mm-hmm. For you, like kind of like you, I was just kind of very neutral and just like, like, eh, whatever. It, it like, just came out of nowhere. I was reading though, and again, I hate that I have to read things to, to kind of understand. I understand, but, but it's the, funny. the whole notion of force mm-hmm. healing. Right. So mm-hmm. when you heal someone, you're putting part of your life force into them, oh. and they both kind of exchanged life energy. Was that supposed to be force healing? Again. Again, they never explained it in the movie. That's like, bizarre. There was there is a theory that because Ray put some of her life energy into Kylo mm-hmm. when she killed him, mm-hmm. it changed his kind of spirit and made him a better person. But again, not explained. That's we can only just kind of guess, but it's not even a good guess. No, it's stupid. You know what's funny? What you just said. You hate that you have to read stuff to to get into this. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Again, that's not a sign of. Uh, that, that's a sign of poor writing. Yes. Because if you look at The Watchmen, for example, where you kind of do have to read Pedipedia to get some of the finer details of the show, but you don't mind reading it, do you? And it's not that important. Yeah. Like, we tried to learn who KY Man was, but mm-hmm. honestly, like, if they didn't talk about it, yeah. it's not going to destroy it, the story. Exactly. The rest of it hang, hung together so well yeah. that you could just get into it even if you didn't read. This one, it doesn't make sense, and then you read it and it makes even less sense, and that's annoying. Yeah. Um, we're almost kind of winding down here. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about what I find was a, a misstep in this trilogy. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot. Um, yeah, a misstep? <laughs> right. Just another one that I don't think anyone's talked about is I think they should have shown more diversity in force powers and, use, and, and users. Again, if we have Finn and possibly Janna and her crew with force-sensitive powers... I would I would have liked to have seen different affinities maybe mm-hmm. like so in the expanded universe people you know, like Jason Solo could talk to animals, mm-hmm. um, but he wasn't as strong in battle against someone like Luke. Luke exactly. was like stronger fighter. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Jaina had an affinity for machines. Mm-hmm. Some could heal. Uh, some mm-hmm. could do other things. Mm-hmm. Not everybody was a fighter, and not everybody needed to be. Exactly. So if you've got a whole community of Force users, suddenly you're right. They needed to show that there's yeah that there's more to the Force than just being a wizard knight. And sure, like if Ray was good at healing, mm-hmm. um, then kind of built that up maybe. But mm-hmm. the the fact that she just showed up on Pisana and just touched the snake and healed him just for reasons, you're like, what? Like we can do this now? Yeah, exactly. Definitely. And again, no, and it doesn't surprise anybody, right? More. Nobody's just, like, wow, you healed him. They're just like, yeah, the force, and they keep going. Yeah, like like that could have been useful when Finn got his back chopped up in the first movie. Right. Yeah. Anyway, um, what's are we going to talk about Rose Tico? Yes. Before I get there, I okay. want to because I do want to get to how the POCs were, were wasted in this mm-hmm. franchise. But I want to talk about Janna. Um, the end of the movie has Lando talking to Janna, and she didn't know who she was. Mm-hmm. And Lando, um, so do our listeners know who she is? Again, from the visual dictionary, Lando after 
the Return of the Jedi wanted to start a family. We don't know who the wife is, but apparently they had a daughter. And at the age of two, she was kidnapped. And the way that the timelines line up, Janna could possibly be his long-lost daughter. Okay, hold on. Wait a minute. So your daughter gets kidnapped when you two and you still like Colt 45 and around the galaxy like, all right, all right, hey. Like, really? That should change a person, but they don't instead of... See... Now, Star Wars is not the deepest property out there, no. right? You, the, the Most of the characters don't have a particularly well-developed sense of interiority. But you can't introduce that level of trauma and not do something with it. Yeah. It's in a book. It's, it's just in a, not, not even like mm-hmm. his his own like novel. It's yeah. just a blurb in a, in, a, in a little visual dictionary. It's It's so stupid. And the fact that he like has this, well, let's find out who you are. It's like Donald Trump talking to Ivanka. Yeah. Ew. Yeah, very much so. Because, you know, again, without reading, you have no idea what the relationship between them might be, and it just comes across as creepy. Yeah, and she's, like, she's yeah. given him better my eyes, too. Like, yeah, let's find out. Yeah, it's really not... It's a very, That's a very awkward scene without it. I hated that scene. Yeah. That gets one of the last scenes of the film, and that's what sticks with you when mm-hmm. you leave. It's just like, wow. Yeah, Why did like, you all yeah. choose to do that? Like... Do another take. Yeah, please. exactly. Because that it came, it just came across as awkward. Rose Tico. Yeah. Kelly Marie Tran, like, like pour one out for her, man. Like. Yeah, because you know she left Twitter and everything else for no reason. No reason, bro. According to Slate, Rose Tico had one minute and sixteen seconds of screen time. I kept looking to see if she was going to. I kept expecting her to be in more things. And she literally, it was just her face twice. Can you imagine the look on her face at the screening? Like in front of her friends and family, she probably brought with her. Can you imagine? I mean, I'm surprised she didn't raise hell at the first reading, the table reading for the script. Although I could see where she wouldn't want to because she's in Star Wars. You can't really complain too much about a property like that. But yeah. Well, apparently, mm-hmm. she filmed a scene with Ray. Like, oh, like she got okay. more stuff, but Disney they cut, cut it. it all. So and maybe she didn't know until she got there. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know the story, mm-hmm. and the way that Disney does these these press junkets. I mean, J.J. Abrams was talking about, oh yeah, me and Ryan Johnson are cool, man. Like we talked and we tried to like merge the story together, and like that's obviously a lie. Yeah, if they did, they did a really bad job. It's a lie. It's obviously a lie. And you know, I I haven't really seen the press junkets for Kelly Marie Tran for this, mm-hmm. but I don't think she's been in very many, which is telling. Right, but yeah, I mean. But to be fair, even with this, they're not really doing a lot of press for this movie. I don't think they, I feel like they don't have to. And I think that a lot of the other, a lot of the actors in this movie have other stuff coming out around the same time. So I've seen, I've seen Adam Driver talking a lot about a marriage story Mm -hmm. and very little about Star Wars. I kind of feel like the actors know that this isn't going to, I think they're all kind of, they're excited to be in Star Wars, but they're not interested in engaging with the press machine. I don't blame them. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I mean... The thing, again, Star Wars is the best and worst thing about the nerd universe. No matter, people are always going to have something to say and very little of it will be flattering. I mean, I just, at the beginning of this, I said the movie's fine and then I've just spent the last hour ripping it to pieces. So, yeah. you know, but it's not the actor's fault. I will say that. No, mm-hmm. she's. I think she's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote in the article that I think she gave one of, if not the best line of The Last Jedi when she was mm-hmm. like, that's how we're going to win. Mm-hmm. Not by fighting what we hate, but saving what we love. Right. Uh, unfortunately, well, her and, whole plot line was 
poorly put together. Oh, but absolutely. again, not her fault, just not bad her writing. Fault. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know that in this film, she was promoted to being the leader of the engineering corps of the resistance? I mean, I figured there was a reason she was standing in the room with all the important people, but good for them for not explaining that at all. Jeez. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, they literally went out of their way to make Finn and Poe generals now, mm-hmm. but they couldn't even. Yeah. Cause, cause... And they, they brought back Lapita Nyong'o as a cricket frog. I mean, yeah. or whatever she is. I mean, they they really did. It was like they Jedi hand wave, like, see, we brought them back. This yeah. is diversity. Not really. I mean, Rose did tell them that to, to destroy the Star Destroyers, they have to shoot the cannons. Mm-hmm. But again, they didn't even they couldn't even give her a title mm-hmm. or nothing. Like, they it went to that planet to hack three PO. But if she's the engineering, yeah, they didn't leader, even ask her. Yeah, yes, I'm just like, she could have had more to do. You literally went out of your mm-hmm. way to like light years away from mm-hmm. her to set up like four new characters. Yeah. Who were interesting and probably should have been introduced way earlier, but yeah. Eh, I mean, the whole like Poe used to be a, a scoundrel was like, bro. Well, like, I mean, we obviously, didn't need this, yeah. Man. Well, but I, I actually found that kind of interesting. I kind of liked that there was that whole bit where everybody was like, "You were a spice runner, no, you were a stormtrooper." Like, leave me alone. I, that kind of set up the character because I feel like Poe has gets so much love within this new trilogy, but he's not. They haven't really done much with his character. He's just kind of a guy who's there, who's really rude and disrespectful to everybody. Um, so the fact that they tried to give him a little bit more, I actually liked that. I just thought, I always saw Poe as a emerging of Wedge Antilles mm. or Wedge. Wedge Antilles, yeah. Yeah, Wedge Antilles and Han. And that, like, Wedge doesn't have a story. He's just mm-hmm. always been a great pilot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Han just has a smart mouth. Mm-hmm. And so just having Poe just be mm-hmm. a great pilot, like, mm-hmm. to me, that was fine. And, like, if they yeah. would have introduced that earlier mm, than I enough. would have cared. But yeah. the fact that they just kind of just, again, went out of their way away from other stab- like other characters mm-hmm. that we could have learned more about and and, and got deeper into. Mm-hmm. It just set up new people for no reason. I that Right. I, I liked the new people. I just wish they'd been brought in earlier. But again, sure. it was J.J. Abrams saying, yeah, like... Fuck your Asian. Basic, mm-hmm. Yes, apparently. Because... I think he probably, if he had done the second movie, he would have brought them in earlier, but he didn't. So mm. he was just trying to cram everything else he wanted to do into this movie. Sure. Which didn't didn't work. I mean, it was, again, it was fine, but yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pouring out for Rose, man. Yeah, I feel really sorry for her. They're, they really should have, if they're going to, considering the amount of abuse she's taken, speaking of a feminist narrative, mm. considering the amount of abuse she's taken, both for racial, racial issues and also because she's a woman, who has the nerve to be in Star Wars, uh, that they really paid her dust in this movie because that actress deserved a much better storyline if she's going to have to put, because she's going to have to put up with more of this crap. And now she's going to have to put up with, see, it's that important you were there after all because she's only in a minute of this movie. That's my troll. My troll on Twitter is mm-hmm. he he's literally clicking the Rose Tico hashtags mm-hmm. on every tweet and trying to like ruffle feathers. That's gross. It's sad. Like and I, I told him like I'm not doing this with you. Bro. That's really like, gross. Yeah, we're, we're done. Do folks not have jobs? Right. I mean, God. Lives. Um, the lead actor for Aladdin, I don't know his name, mm-hmm. but apparently he has not gotten any offers after the film's release. Which Aladdin? I feel, yeah. Really. Yeah, and I feel bad about that, and I really hope that Kelly Marie Tran doesn't suffer the same fate. Yeah, I don't know what else she's in. I think she's. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. 
This is the problem is that we don't have the gift of mediocrity right. in the same way that other people do. We can't make a Justice League and be awful in it and then still get the medium spread of Vogue, like what's his name, Ezra Miller or whoever, you know? Or write that garbage yeah. and then get, get a chance to write Star Wars. Exa- exactly. I mean, it's not fair at all. Um, and as much as I am in the make your own camp of of sci-fi and speculative fiction cultural properties, like I'm not impressed that The Witcher has black characters. That's still some really white shit. Um, but I think that in this situation, it's just it just goes to show that there is still so much inequity in Hollywood. Totally. Uh, not, and I think that often the prevalent narratives about it are not necessarily the truest ones, to be fair. Even the ones that I that are that sound like they're on the side of right completely ignore the real issues in in the industry. Star Wars is very much a white male liberal movie. Um, and the characterization of these POCs and even women, I think, were very much seen through a white male liberal lens. Yeah. And I mean, but again, it's these these guys who are very much were on the side of right and they're doing all the right things. But because there's such a lack of depth and understanding and understanding that people besides you have interiority. I mean, look at the Watchmen. The brilliant thing about the Watchmen is that all of the characters, regardless of their background, had a sense of character, a sense of humanity, a sense of depth. Star Wars, again, is not necessarily a deep property. But if you're going to make these choices to include people of color to include people who are not the typical fantasy hero. You've got to do it in a way that is not shallow. Totally. Because, I mean, look at, we were all really happy to see Han back because he's not a shallow character. Totally agree. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's a lot going on with that. I'm trying to find what else Kelly Marie Tran has been in because I'm sure she's been in something else. Well, and she I want to look really quickly. Well, before mm-hmm. The Last Jedi, she had nothing. Yeah, yeah, she was she was brand new, which I was really excited to see. And she was going to gonna quit her. acting until she got this. Which she still might. Yes, I'm saying, yeah. yeah. After mm-hmm. all this abuse, like what else what can else she do? In. Uh, she was in something called Sorry for Your Loss with the lady who played Scarlet Witch in 2018. Okay. She's done some Star Wars voices. Cool. She was in The Croods too. Uh I don't know what that is. It doesn't look good. The posters like cavemen. I don't have kids, so I'm not sure if I would know what that is. Uh, yeah, she's been in a couple of things, but yeah, no, we all, The Croods 2 comes out next year. Uh, but there's not a lot on her, and she, everything else is very much like, like her, her credits are things like Boba Chick, Butterfly Ray's Grave Girl, things like that. I really, yeah, that's a shame. I would love to see her and Jana get mm-hmm. like a, a women of color... TV show, mm. like even a miniseries, mm-hmm. because in the novels, mm-hmm. um, this is in the article I wrote, but in the novels, mm-hmm. Rose and her sister Paige, the one who died um, in Last Jedi, mm-hmm. they actually helped create, or they, I think them, themselves, mm-hmm. developed stealth technology for for bombers. Mm-hmm. And Holdo, the lady who light speeded through um, Snoke's ship, mm-hmm. brought them into the Resistance. Mm-hmm. And you would have gotten that from her just standing by an escape pod. Zapping yeah. brothers. So yeah, it's not really fair that all of the most exciting parts of those character stories take place outside of the movies. Totally. I feel like they should have. Th- those movies didn't have enough direction to really give you the good stuff. Yeah, so I hope they can to like kind of help rectify this. I would love to get kind of a Mandalorian mm-hmm. quality of production for these for, for these ladies to mm-hmm. you know team up and do something cool. Because mm-hmm. Jana had a lot going on for, going on for herself too. Mm-hmm. She was obviously brave and. Mm-hmm. 
again, she she and her company committed mutiny and she became the leader of those people. Right. And that's just an interesting story in and of itself. Like, yeah. Just the, from the little bit, I was like, ooh, tell me more about that. And that didn't happen. She's she's familiar with, with bombs and detonation. I mean, mm-hmm. she has that kind of skill. She's a marksman. She shot things out the sky with a bow and arrow. And in the yeah. movie, I mean, she has a lot of skill. Yeah, I, I yeah. would love to see mm-hmm. more of her. Yeah. So. She was way more interesting than some of the other characters. Absolutely. But, hey... Luke came back. He didn't need to. Yeah. And again, that was another, like, F you to Ryan Johnson. Like, mm-hmm, oh, totally. don't, don't throw my lightsaber away. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's, let's... Do you have anything else to say? Not really. I mean, I... Returning to my original thesis, it was fine. Mm-hmm. It wasn't amazing. It was just a movie. I mean, if I saw it without any context at all, I'd be like, okay, this is interesting. But I think... Because Star Wars is built up so big, it's hard to look at it neutrally. I didn't think it was terrible, but I don't think it was good either. It was more watchable than Last Jedi. Uh, The story was better put together, but clearly they were trying to tell a story that was never intended to be told. So I don't know. It's not my favorite. (laughs) Yeah, um... I have more to say, but a lot of it is about the use of, of POCs, mm-hmm. and it's in the article, so check that out. Um, on the Facebook page, I'll put a link under cool. there if folks want to have a look at that. And let's cut to, do you want to do a ranking, or are you, are you interested in that at all? Uh, well, here, I'll work with you on your ranking, because I want to see what you have to say. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Number 11, Attack of the Clones. That's your number 11? That's, that's my, like, least favorite. Really? I really can't Even remember. Even after seeing this one? I really can't remember anything from Attack of Clones outside of Mace cutting out, cu- cutting off Jango's head and the final fight with Yoda bouncing around. I can't remember anything else from the movie. Like literally, I can't. Wow. Okay. Oh, um, he uh, Anakin whining about. So I, I, I killed the women and, and the children. It's Obi Wan. He's always holding me back. Okay. Now that is an actor who's disappeared and he deserved to. That was just wow. Such a bad performance. Anyway, yeah. I don't know if it was the writing or him, but wow. Yeah. So again. Mm-hmm. That whiny Anakin part alone was just mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is, no. Mm-hmm. Number 10 is Rise of Skywalker for me. Okay. Number nine, The Phantom Menace. Hmm. A- yeah. Again, the only part of that, that movie I remember is the final fight with Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, and Darth Maul. I remember that. I remember. And pod racing. Being really disappointed. Yeah, pod racing was disappointing for me. I just remember, remember awesome thinking. Game, though. It was, well, yeah. But I remember thinking it was just really. They they took it to a place that was unnecessarily juvenile. I thought. Yippee! Yeah. And Jar Jar. Bro. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Just and just they, that was where we got the idea of midichlorians, and when they retrofitted the Jedi to make them kind of lame, you know, like space Jehovah's Witnesses, it wasn't cool. I may switch Phantom Menace and Skywalker <laughs> in hindsight. <laughs> All right, yeah, those, those yeah. switched. So Rise of Skywalker is my number nine. <laughs> no offense to Jehovah's Witnesses. It's just that you know the Jedi were like knocking on people's doors. Like, do you believe in the power of the Force? I mean, yeah. come on. It was weird. Number eight mm-hmm. would be Revenge of the Sith. Okay. That's interesting. Okay, why so low? I so I thought it was the best of the prequels. No, it, it is. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's above the other the prequels. Okay. But my whole thing is... Um, I really liked the final fight with Obi-Wan and Anakin. Mm-hmm. There's some bits of the choreography in that film that mm-hmm. felt a bit over the top and unpractical. Mm-hmm. Like there's a there was remember the part where Obi-Wan and Anakin are literally 
like kind of nunchucking their lightsabers around each other for like two seconds before they yeah. clash again it's like yeah. w- why is this happening? like why are you showing off really and like are I mean, you this bored yeah like, <laughs> like of all the fights in the trilogy that had the most emotional weight and it was really cool in some parts but mm-hmm. part of the parts is uneven mace against the emperor was pretty cool but the way that palpatine just dispatched a lot of the jedi masters he brought with him in like mm-hmm. one strike like kid fisto he's in the clone wars mm-hmm. um he's voiced by phil lamar actually mm-hmm. And um, just the way that that kind of happened was kind of weird to me. Anakin just being whiny. Mm. The senator is evil. Well, it, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. I mean, just terrible lines. Yeah, um, it was the, they, the dialogue in all three of the prequels was really just bad. ridiculously bad. And but... Solo just edges, edges it out to me. Mm, interesting. Okay, fair enough. I think Solo was kind of needless. Yeah. But if you take it away from... Mm-hmm. The hype and the and kind yeah. of the bad energy that the last Jedi kind of yeah that's gave. Just true. yeah it was a pretty actually, good movie I liked Solo better than I have any of the other new movies frankly yeah yeah um, I felt like it was more authentic to the the tone but I don't think it was a story we needed and it exactly. wasn't ultimately it didn't add anything to the character of Han Solo at all but and for but it that was reason, enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, I think The Last Jedi, again, just edges that out, too. Mm, interesting. Because even though I had problems with The Last Jedi, I liked, I was curious about what it was going to set mm-hmm. up. Because if you're going to toss out Bloodline at that point, mm-hmm. and if you're going to start having other people like those kids mm-hmm. be inspired, again, I put in the article, yeah. but I was very upset that the children that Rose inspired with her heroism, mm-hmm. we never see their fate. Right, yeah. And I thought it was whack. I kind of thought before the new trailer came out for Skywalker, I thought that maybe she would be maybe teaching those kids Mm -hmm. like Luke started to teach his students. And maybe I thought, I told you before, I thought there was going to be kind of a raise Mm -hmm. people against Kylo and the Knights of Ren kind of thing at the end. Totally fell apart. Yeah, totally. But it would have been really cool. Yeah, it would have been. Definitely. I have to be honest, I would put that movie so much lower than you because I hated it. The plotting was so bad and it made me angry. Like it was... I saw what it was trying to do, but it mm-hmm. just did it so badly. And it just did, I mean, there was one scene in that movie that I liked, and that was when Ray and Kylo decide to, like, go ham do their guards. own, yeah, exactly, go crazy on the guards and do their own thing. And I'm like, okay, this could be interesting. Why are we doing, why, why are we still paying attention to the Force however many years later? It hasn't done anybody any good. Let's do something different. And then it's a fight, and that's it, and there's nothing else new. And that's kind of the thing. I, I think all the films from Last Jedi below all mm-hmm. tried to do something mm-hmm. and didn't do it well and i right. think that of all of them last jedi was the most was the most daring mm-hmm. and okay. and even though I, I didn't like it watching rise of skywalker kind of made me retroactively respect mm-hmm. the choices more and kind of gave me more imagination of where things could go mm-hmm. and so i gave it respect on mm-hmm. that level it's not it's number six it's not okay. like it's the best uh, okay yeah, I, yeah, yeah, it's it would, cool. yeah, okay, hey, okay. Cool. Hey. This is your ranking. No, no, I'm just saying cool. no, I would cool. rank it differently. Number okay. five, mm-hmm. uh, the Force Awakens. Yeah. Um, I yeah. had such high hopes. I did, and when I first watched it, I was like, like in the opening when Kylo like stopped the laser blast. Mm-hmm. You're like, Jesus Christ! Yeah. Like, what are we about to get into? Yeah, yeah. And then it just it yeah. it was a new hope, only bigger and kind of different. Yeah. But not all that different. <laughs> before, before we go on, mm-hmm. I want to go back to Last Jedi. One of my favorite scenes was the opening with Poe and how he, like, F with Hux. Like, he, like, made the made the call to Hux and he's like... Oh, yeah. Hux is, like, talking that shit. You are... There will be no 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 negotiations. You are... And he's like, hello? 
I completely forgot about that part. And the scene where he is, um, there's a scene where he sh- goes around these two starfighters, mm-hmm. or these two TIE fighters, and, and blasts them. It was such a cool scene. It just, it really showed why he was the best pilot in the galaxy. Wow, okay. That scene was really, really cool to me. See, I don't remember any of that. I I would recommend, like, it, it, it's, on, it's on Netflix now. Yeah. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah, no, it is. I think I... Well, it's off now. It it's depends like, on what VPN you use. Right. But yes, okay. But if you can, yeah, uh-huh. that scene was really cool to okay. me. Okay. So yeah, Force Awakens, yeah, it was fine. It has problems. Really, again, the fact that, you know, Ray beat Kylo was really weird to me. But overall, I, it was a cool step. When it was over with, I was like, uh, okay, let's see where it goes. Yeah. And then with Last Jedi, I was kind of like, ooh. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's see. I mean, I kind of want to see where this goes. but uh, Yeah, I was like, I was really... Maybe that's why I'm not as as vitriolic about this final film as as you were because the the thing that the last Jedi did for me was just pull my expectations down to rock bottom. No, mine were too. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but they still. Mm-hmm. It was like uh, that uh, Malcolm in the Middle with uh, the mm-hmm. is it Dewey the youngest yeah, kid. Yeah, youngest kid. Mm-hmm. He was like, I expected nothing, but I'm still disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair that enough. That was like the yeah. X Men Dark. I got Phoenix you. Yeah, Phoenix film. Right, yeah, where you expect nothing, but there was one good scene in that whole film. It was, like, wow, and it was a reshoot, so yeah. Oh, my homie, um, John Carlos Evans, he's a part of Black Nerd Problems. He was mm. pointing out there was like a Dark Phoenix scene where, you know, Kylo and Ray are like doing that whole kind of yelling and holding out their hands oh, yeah, yeah. part uh-huh. on the, the transport. Mm-hmm. Number four, Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Number three, A New Hope. And number two. Number three is A New Hope for you? For Interesting. Me, okay. I think Rogue One is better. Mm. I think A New Hope is a classic, mm-hmm. but I think it starts out really slow. Like, I remember mm-hmm. when I first watched it, when I rented it from Hollywood Video mm-hmm. um, when I was 11, mm-hmm. and I fell asleep, I think, two or three times mm. before I actually sat down and watched the whole thing. I've Where been... did you live, though? Because this is something I've often wondered about myself. You lived, in, you were in St. Louis yeah. at the time, right? Okay. So... When I first saw it, we had lived in Arizona for a minute. Mm-hmm. So it was something kind of cool to me. About, I think it's just a personal thing, but I think it was something cool to me about seeing all that desert as like a fantasy setting. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Some, okay. Yeah, I don't know. It really, I don't know. A New Hope would be maybe tied with Rogue One for me or maybe slightly over it. I mean, yeah. I mean, it isn't like New Hope is, again, it's number three. It's not It's not bad yeah. by mm-hmm. any means. It's very good. Yeah. Or it's, it's good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think... It doesn't really pick up until mm-hmm. like I think the second half. A New Hope and Rogue One complement each other perfectly, which yes. I think is really difficult to do. Because, But I think you have to have seen A New Hope to understand just how wild that final scene with Darth Vader at the end actually is. And he went ham. Yo. Because, you know, he's scary in the beginning of, of A New Hope. But you're like, oh, well, okay. But then you don't really see him do anything too terrible. He kind of force chokes a guy, maybe. He was, he was tired. I mean, yeah, he, yeah, he exactly. super He was tired. He, did, he just killed everybody. I mean, yeah. So, you know, you don't really see him do anything too wild. But then, you know, the, the, the mythos of Vader is built up through the whole rest of that trilogy. And then you see Rogue One and you're like, aha. Uh-huh. Now that's how you retrofit something and make it make sense. Yes. So because of all that, all that what Rogue One had to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a movie that didn't even... I mean, if you don't count Vader, it mm-hmm. wasn't reliant on the Force. Yeah. I mean, of course, you know, I mean, Donnie Yen yeah, was yeah, in yeah. there. And, with and, the force and, and the force he's great. I'm so sad we had to wait 30 years to get Donnie Yen yeah. in, a, in a Star Wars movie. He should have been in the first one. Well, was he around? Yeah, he was. He should have been in the first one. So, but, yeah. So, Rogue was number two. And mm-hmm. I think almost everyone mm-hmm. will universally say that Empire, Empire Strikes is the Back. Best. Yeah, it totally is. It 
it's the only one that I regularly rewatch. It really holds up. I will say this also about Rogue One mm-hmm. is that I so I'm not I'll I'll maybe watch one trailer or two trailers, but I was so disappointed in the way that the Star Wars films were going and I was really annoyed at what I perceived to be a Disney money grab by making like extra Star Wars story movies mm-hmm. that I didn't know anything about Rogue One when I went to see it. And that's part of why I liked it so much, is that it it surprised me. I didn't know what it was. I didn't realize I already knew what the story was until I was about 30 minutes into the movie. And I was like, oh, mm. oh, this is that. And when oh, you see my. it fresh like that, it's a really good film. Yeah. Um, so that's part of why I liked it so much also. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, totally. And I think that's what these new Star Wars films are missing. The hype machine's so big around Star Wars that even if you try to go into it without knowing anything, you want to be fresh, you want to really see a new story, it's hard to do that. And with Force Awakens, mm-hmm. I mean that was one of the t- that was one of the big events where I was like, I can't watch trailers anymore mm-hmm. because you try to sell me on this brother as being a Jedi. Mm-hmm. You put it, you put it in the poster. Even mm-hmm. I can't even avoid that, mm-hmm. and you lied to me. So, and then you have this hype machine now of Jay Abrams. Oh yeah, me and Ryan Johnson are fine. Are totally fine. I totally, you know, we mm-hmm. sync the movie. Everything's great. There's all mm-hmm. these lies around yeah. this product. I just, mm-hmm. I don't like the marketing machine anymore yeah i don't want yeah because and because it's not focused on any of the things that are actually good about the property as well so like the or even in it yeah right exactly Mm -hmm. totally anything else no um yeah i your list is interesting thank you um I hope you watch uh, Clone Wars before we talk again. I probably will. I'll go back. I mean, I saw the first season ages ago. I watched it with with some kids I know. But okay. that sounds creepy in retrospect. That's not meant to be creepy. I was I babysitting. I, I, I was think. I was babysitting. Okay, I wasn't just like, wasn't. come here, little boy. I have Star Wars. Not like that. Um, I don't think anyone was going to take it there. But good, yeah. But just in case. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, so I saw the first season, but I haven't watched any more of it. I probably should get back into it because it does sound really good. And I, from what I remember watching, it was really good. The fight scenes, bruh. It's just the, incredible. Like time, man. There's like 82 seasons of extra Star Wars stuff and there's books and there's other They're things. And there's, it's worth there's it. There's so much stuff out there now. There's so much good. St- I mean, the fantasy world, I love that fantasy is popular again, but it's there's so much stuff to get into and so much stuff I'm waiting for. That is, yeah. Well, keep in mind that. Mm-hmm the last season of Clone Wars comes out next year and we're probably oh, going to have to right. talk about yeah, it. So that's true. Yeah. got to get you caught up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but in the meantime, I, you know, watching The Witcher. I, um, I, uh, when I watched Last Jedi, I had to cleanse my palate and I just rewatched Clone Wars and Rebels again. Oh, wow. And I feel like I'm probably going to do the same with this movie. Cool. Okay. The Witcher, huh? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like I said, it, it, I don't care that there's inclusion of POCs or whatever. It's yeah. still severely white, but it's a good story. It's uh, just fantasy, meathead stuff. It's True. fun. It's not... People are comparing it to Game of Thrones, which isn't fair, because first of all, Game of Thrones wasn't even Game of Thrones by the end. And second, um, it's just not the same story. It's a lot more basic. Game of Thrones was trying to be a subversion, reversion, reboot of so many fantasy tropes. Whereas The Witcher is basically like, yeah, okay, here's a guy who does magic things. He goes and fights magic things. And at the end, he gets the girl, kind of, the end, right? Like, it's just, it's not that deep. Okay. It's just fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. Anyway. <laughs> people out there, we have gone over. Way over time. Way over time. Let us know what you all think of Star Wars, mm-hmm. Rise of Skywalker. Are you all interested in seeing more movies? Mm-hmm. Are we full of crap? Um, be sure we to check are, out. We are, but not about this. No, sorry. 
What do you think of our rank? How would you rank the 11 films? Have you read the article yet? Um, please check it out. Again, we are Blurred Up. We are on Facebook at B-L-E-R-D-U-P. We're on Instagram at B-L-E-R-D period U-P. And we're on Twitter at B-L-E-R-D-U. Check us out on Blurred.com as well. Great website full of nerdy content from a black cultural lens. I am Brendan. Thank you, Mel. Yo. Thank you. Happy New Year fun. to everybody. Yeah, Happy New Year. We we managed to do this before the New Year, so would you trust me, it's all love, because I don't know if I would have lasted through this whole movie without you. Yeah. Take care, y'all. Peace. Peace.